yeah. I <laughs> sci-fi weirds me out. Okay. Anyone that has a pointy ear, I'm out. I'm out. Oh no, I have pointy ears. <laughs> Legit. I have no. elf ears in real life, baby. Happy 2021, you guys. Welcome back to Social Creative Conversations. It's me, Amy Vallejo, and I am so glad to be back. It was a clunky, crazy start to 2021, but I'm guessing you are as hopeful as I am. And as I was writing out my intentions and life rhythms to be thinking about for 2021, I got really excited. And one of the things that I wrote on was ways that I wanted to improve for this little space on my podcast. And I don't know if you'll notice, but the uber amazing sound quality that you are listening to right now is courtesy of my husband buying me a brand new microphone. You're welcome. There's nothing really I can do about the robot voice that I tend to have or the amount of yas or likes, but I'm working on it, you guys. All things can get better. Hey, I am so excited about our guest today. It is my dear friend, Sarah Simon, whom you may also know as the Mint Gardener. She has a wide audience on Instagram, but she also is known for her two books, Modern Watercolor Botanicals and the Plant Lady Coloring Book. And I don't know if you heard, but she has a new book coming out in April of 2021, which is a watercolor workbook, a 30-minute beginner botanical workbook, all focusing on watercolor. So exciting. And I know you'll hear a little bit more about it later, but She is so excited about it. Sarah has received international attention for a number of her painting courses. You may have taken a course from her from the Watercolor Summit or Skillshare. She teaches at various places throughout Seattle. In fact, she was an integral and is an integral part of social creative workshops, offering so much of her self her knowledge, and her skills through our creative workshops like Galentine's or the very first one we did years ago at Matthew's Winery called Mary Mary Matthews. I know a lot of you guys attended that one. Today, I really wanted to focus our attention on things that you may not have heard about Sarah Simon. Things that you haven't heard on any other podcast or you can't read on her bio or about page. I think you will hear just that. Our conversation led to so much laughter. Even my own, I got scolded, you guys. I apologize as a side note for all of you fantasy people I got set straight on the difference between sci-fi and fantasy. There's this thing about pointy ears I just can't get past. But our conversation ends up being quite hilarious. We talk about some of Sarah's favorite authors, how she manages her time, and how we, what we invest in as far as our time. She'll talk about her loves of teaching and even going back to 
the things that she pulled out of middle school to perfect her craft as an artist and a teacher. I hope you'll enjoy the next amount of time. We both know how important time is and important the investment of your time is. So I thank you, she thanks you, and I hope you will enjoy the conversation. Let's do this because I know you've got a lot to do. I've got some like, I've got a list longer than the longest list. Time is the like one thing that no one, like it's like the most valuable commodity, right? Yeah. And when someone shows up and it's like, okay, they're going to devote two and a half hours to a class or whatever time, you know, or the time Mm -hmm. to take to like listen to a podcast. It's always just like make this time worthy and like uh, honoring, you know, because it's like, yeah. If we're going to get this much of someone's day, like let it be worth it, right? Yeah. Well, to that end, I am going to not talk like a robot. (laughs) I just, I, I just looked at how many, I was like, it's funny. I'm actually going to get an actual, wait, wait for it. I'm going to get an actual microphone for the podcast, I know I told Jake, I was like, once I hit about six episode, I'll, episodes, I'll know because my tendency as a, as like a seven, eight is just like, let's go, let's do this. And I don't ever do it the right way, but at least I'm doing it. Yeah. But I'm like, once I get to six episodes, I'll know if I love it or if I'm like, that's not for me. Nope. So I'm like, okay, I think it's about time to get like an actual microphone. Yeah. So I was like, I'm oh, an actual micro- yeah, time to invest. And that's uh, cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't think I you just, sound like a robot at all. Oh, thank I, you. I get hearing your voice over and over and over and knowing the like, it's, okay, I can just tweak something a little bit right. and I'll be good. And it's unnerving. It's unnerving yeah. listening to your own voice. It's like, yeah. uh, <laughs> this is really weird. And I'll just tell you what I, um, okay. You're kind of like, a a big podcaster now you've been on a number of podcasts and here's one other thing that I um I say this only because I was listening to your voice I like checked in really quick on a little a podcast that you did and I was like doggone that girl you have the most soothing voice you need to be you know those voices that are like that help you sleep (laughs) you need to be the next Harry Styles (laughs) I have been told that before. As funny as that is. Seriously. Yes. Um, (laughs) Many of my recordings, it's so funny. Like my friend Allie was at, we were at the crafters box together and she's like, I'll come in during your session and just like give you thumbs up. And I'm like, okay, you know? Yeah. So I get up after like an hour of recording to go check on her. She fell asleep on the couch. (laughs) I was like, thanks a lot. God. Yeah. Seriously. (laughs) it's just like so melodic. I just slowly, <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, no, oh I know. It's, um, there's something very calming about watercolor. And I think it comes out in the rhythm when I speak totally. about it. Totally. Um, yeah. Oh people my can't, gosh. This one gal yeah. was like, I can't ever imagine you angry or like, and I was like, oh, well, hang out with me yeah. in real life. And yeah, I'm sure will, it doesn't. Yeah. You know, you never it doesn't come said. out like. Oh, London. Yeah. Please. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, I've, I've heard you and Colin. Oh my God. In a, mm-hmm, I know yeah. that's not real. Sarah. Yeah. Mm-mm. No. Thank you. No. Thank you for that real Sarah. Yeah. No, oh everyone thinks God. I'm very peaceful and calm. I was like, yeah, maybe in my best state. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like maybe in heaven, I'll be like this really chill guru, you know, just <laughs> painting peace wherever I go, but that is not natural, Sarah. <laughs> oh my goodness. That is so funny. Well, you have got the guru, like naturally you, people can't see this right now because we're on zoom, but like yeah. you've got your tie dye going on, your tie dye sweatshirt, which is so cute, by the way. I love it. Thank you. I took a shibori <sighs> class with Steve You made Lyle. that? And I made it. Good job. I oh was my so, word. Oh my God. I'm addicted. So That's London. amazing. It's so fun. I, um, there's something to be said about having a creative buddy built in mm. and London mm-hmm. is my buddy. Like she, mm-hmm. you know, when she, we took your yeah. milk dyeing class, that was just yeah. a taste. And then we dove in and yeah. All right, girlfriend. Well, let's, let's do this. Yeah. All right. Let's dive All right. In. Let's talk about how I know you, Sarah Simon. I, I've known you. Okay. How long have I known you? I think so. We got almost married. 15 years. I knew you. I met you when I had a broken foot and a sprained ankle. Mm-hmm. And actually that was when I just had gotten back into painting yeah. because I was immobilized. So I think that was like 2007 or 2008. So it's been a very long, long time. Yes. Yes. Okay. So like, yeah, about 13 years. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. And I helped you with your wedding Mm -hmm. and you helped me with weddings for my other business. Yes. Many years. And yes, so many years. Um, Yeah. That was like right when you started painting. I remember uh, Jake and I coming by your apartment when you lived over in Inner Bay And you had your easel up. And I remember you saying, you're like, oh, I never had my easel out. Like for other people, you never shared your art with Mm -mm. other people. And I remember walking in, I think this is when you guys had a snake. Yeah, it was a, yeah, yeah, lizard. Or lizard. Yes, the lizard. (laughs) So we passed, it was like, we were going to go look at your lizard and we passed your easel. And both Jake and I were like, holy crap wrap what in the Aww. world and actually the um it was the boat on the water in the the calming of the oh. seas yeah which we actually have in ollie's room because i bought it because yeah. i love it so much but that is that is what you were that, that was one of the things that you were working on and we just looked at it and we were like oh my gosh i can't even believe that is like she's such an amazing artist um yes. But, um, so of course you're known for the mint gardener, but our conversation for our podcast is really to get to know, um, the woman behind the artist, so to speak. So I want to get to know you as a person a little bit more. We usually ask people within the audience that either you have or that I have, and we gather questions. So things that people wanted to know. And then of course I had some questions, but as we're getting to know you, the, what the gardener behind the mint, (laughs) 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 Um, I sort of wanted to talk to you. So you kind of came into being an artist, but you also are 
super business savvy, which of course I know, and you're so gifted in that way with that mind as well, but also you're an amazing teacher, an amazing teacher. But I thought in order to get to showing how amazing of a teacher you were, I had to share the story of one of the first times. <laughs> I know this story. I saw you teach because I think for anyone who is like feeling like, oh man, I should do something with this art or like teaching some sort of a skill. I think this is incredible in the sense that it shares with everybody how nervous, even at any level, we still get and how you want to vomit because you're like "Ah," sweaty palms and everything. But so you, when I started social creative, you and Ellen from letters by Ellen were a, a complete integral part of that starting. And in fact, just when we were doing this market a little bit ago, when I, I met some gals came in and they were like, we were at your first one at Matthews. And I was like, Oh my word, that's so amazing. They were at Mary, Mary Matthews, which then got me thinking about that whole experience. It being the first one. And we all three were, you know, we were kind of like, you were, I mean, you were sort of at the beginning of the mint gardener and like putting things out there. Yep. So you were at your beginning and I was at the beginning of starting this new endeavor, like this idea that I had that I kind of want to see where it goes and, you know, what will that be like? And so we all three came together to do put on this thing, which was received overwhelmingly. So amazing, which is probably why we were like pooping our pants. We were like, <laughs> oh, crap. Oh, crap. Now we have to do this. <laughs> yeah. It was no, really exciting real. when people signed up. But then it was like, yeah. oh, my gosh, this is a room of over 50 people. Right. Yeah. 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 So, um, so as we're like getting set up and people are gathering, I just remember it was like, I I came in and I was like, gave you like the five minute warning. And I look over in this like little tiny room and you're crouched on the floor and you're like, just give me a second. I'm just gathering my thoughts. And you're like hovering back and forth. And I was like, Oh my word, which is literally how I was feeling. But when I get nervous, I get busy. So I'm like, so I don't think about any of it. But when you're in front of people and you're teaching, and not only when you're teaching, but you are um, teaching is an expression. It's an outward expression of something that you're super passionate about. And so there, there can be all of these fears built up of like, oh man, I hope it's received the way I, I hope I can express the way I want to. I hope it's received with the same enthusiasm and I hope it relates and even just to to the logistical parts of, I hope the instructions I'm giving are clear and, you know, like all these things. So I just remember being like, Oh gosh, she's, she's, she's kind of like going back and forth. She, now she's starting to make me really nervous. Okay. How's this going to go? And then I get done with the, with the greeting to everyone and you go on and you are like, boom, you are the boss of that room. It was so beautiful. It was so beautiful to stand back and watch. And now over the years, you know, we have done this many times together now. And now we've sort of formed this little trio where we have Galentines, which I love. And I'm so mad that we can't do this year. It like breaks my heart. But I have seen you over these years now, hone your skill 
of teaching and just like really, you know, it's, it's a um, process of like getting better and really understanding how you are at teaching and understanding the audience. And I know, I know. And even Jake pointed this out too. He was like, you and Sarah completely have a heart for people and you can see it in Sarah's teaching and, and interestingly, which I'll share in a little bit, you can see it in her, how she designed Florence, mm. um, just her heart to connect people. Right. Um, yeah. so I want you to speak a little bit just about what you love about teaching, what that means to you. And then I want to talk a little bit about Florence. So okay, tell me about what that. you love about teaching. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for reminding me of that I just, that is such a good story about kind of the headspace you're in. Mm-hmm. So something you don't know about me that I don't share yeah. very often that actually I hadn't thought about in a long time, but when I was like in middle school and high school, I loved to be in plays. Yeah. Um, I never got picked in high school to be in any high school musicals because I can't sing worth a dime. It's just yeah. bad. But yeah. I love um, the act of going into a character. Um And so before usually I got on the stage, it was, you know, sweaty palms, nervousness. But then when I'm on, I'm on and I'm a completely different person. Um, And so, yeah, when you saw me rocking back and forth in the corner of that tiny kitchen at Mary Matthews, um, (laughs) I was in my head, I like to go through, like, I, I like the logic. I like breaking something down and going A to Z. How do I present this in a way that we, we arrive at this really happy place at the end and what components do I absolutely have to hit to make sure that I offer a complete package to someone that's given me two hours of their time. That is That was the mind space I was in. I was like, okay, first I introduce myself, then it's materials. And so I was like breaking everything down. And I know the, you know, the psychology behind something of like, you know, you repeat it enough, you say it out loud enough, and then it becomes much clearer. And actually the process of writing a book now three, that it almost reinforces, it it makes me more succinct and makes it more communicable. So teaching now has become it. I'm not very nervous before now because Mm -hmm. it has become such a smooth process, but very much in the beginning, it was this, um, and then also just this idea that, um, you know, worrying too much about people and what they may think about me. And it's very interesting over the years to realizing that everyone walks into a room and has those feelings Mm -hmm. and knowing that they're not here to see you necessarily. They're here to learn a beautiful art and Mm -hmm. they're nervous. In fact, they're probably more nervous than you are. And Mm -hmm. so just that freedom to move into the space where, Hey, we're all vulnerable. We're all nervous. We're all coming to the table with open hands, ready to learn and ready to communicate to all the people around the table that kind of eases all the tension. So that's part of the reason too, I love to teach is just this. I mean, in the year of COVID, it's been such a gift to see a screen of, you know, a virtual class and every square, you know, the Brady Bunch squares, it's just Mm -hmm. these teeth and smiles. Mm -hmm. And it's something I didn't realize even going out in Seattle, you know, to the grocery store, you just, you don't see people's teeth anymore. You don't see the smile and, um, you see an eye crinkle, but it's really hard to read. And so it's like a ray of sunshine having a class. Um, Mm -hmm. and I know you feel that too. Like there's something about standing there and having just these smiles reflected back at you. That's just a feeling like nothing else. So that is one of the reasons I love to teach. Another reason I love to teach is 
I think for so many years, I was an artist inside and then wasn't able to express it. So I was a very frustrated artist. Um, I would see people pursuing their dream of creating and getting into galleries or just even looking at something and being able to paint it, having the tools and knowing how to use them. And because I had taken a different path in college because mm-hmm. I had lots of bills and I was like, you know, I better do something sensible. So I was an econ major. Yeah. Um, inside it hurt. Like I yeah. was bitter and I was bummed when I'd see other people living this dream. And so now being used as a tool to teach others and Mm -hmm. in order to get that out of their hearts, like Van Gogh says, you know, if you have a, you know, if you have a voice inside that tells you not to paint by all means paint and that voice will be silenced. And this idea that um, we're creative beings, we need to create um, in some sort of way. And if you're showing up at a watercolor class, you have some kind of calling in you that is calling you to create. And the fact that I get to be a part of that when for so many years, all I wanted was a tool to get me there as well. Um, Mm -hmm. it just, it just feels very, very healing and very calming Mm -hmm. and fun, just fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's teaching for me. Yeah. Uh, that's such good stuff. I totally, yep. I totally agree. I totally agree. I'm curious about something and maybe you, maybe you've, the world has heard you already talk about this, but I haven't. Um, so talking about Florence and her fascinations and speaking of you and what I know about you, I'm curious because you're sort of introverted, extroverted. Um, you definitely have introverted tendencies and you absolutely have extroverted tendencies. You're like this perfect mix. And I'm, curious are you Florence like are there parts of you that are Florence because right she's always hiding behind something but she also puts herself out there like think about all the things all of her fascinations that she has even like there's been Florence with tattoos and Florence Mm -hmm. just just exhibiting a more extroverted side I'm just curious of like how much of you is in Florence I know and even just from observation um, and Jake and I were having this conversation this morning about Florence. Why were we talking about Florence? Whatever. That's um, such an honor. Thank you. <laughs> I love that she comes up in conversation. Well, we were speaking to it because he was noticing, he was like, you know, you both are amazing connectors of people and Florence, Sarah in creating Florence is a very creative and intentional way of connecting people and it shows her heart for all people because Florence is not one person. She's not one person. She is everybody. And so it, it shows your heart to just love all people and connect all people because everyone can resonate with her. She's not, you know, she's not defined at all. And so she gets to be extroverted, introverted. She gets to like, be a cat lady, but also, I mean, like I have a, I have a Florence on my wall and she's freaking shaking a champagne bottle. Like (laughs) she's out there and she's loving life and she's savoring all things and she can be everybody. And so I'm just curious how much of you is in her as she's sort of created for the masses. Yeah. I love that so much. Um, I have shared a little bit about how Florence was first created, but I've never really shared if she's me. So I don't think I actually realized that she was me until, um, our friend Ashley Rodriguez had her Uh uh, birthday party where it was dressed as your alter ego. 
Oh, right. I was Jordan. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) I remember it was a fantastic party. It was. And it was such an interesting. So as my husband, Colin, pondered who his alter ego would be, it was like a light bulb went off in my mind. I was like, oh, I'm Florence. I know I'm her. There was something about her that whenever, like everybody kind of dreads to write the Instagram post or just like if words aren't flowing, you're kind of going, oh my God, what am I going to write today? Yeah. Um, But whenever I put myself in Florence, like as I was speaking from her perspective, it was like I had all the words and they they knew what to say. So it was almost like if I could put the mask of Florence on this idea that this woman was loving and kind and hopeful for everyone, it it removed this this fear of people or this fear of like, oh gosh, what am I going to say? That's clever and witty. Florence mm-hmm. always knew what to say. So there is a little bit of me in there. There's it's interesting. Yeah. The the fact that she always covers her face. I faces I originally actually did draw a face for her. Mm. And I immediately erased it because that's so interesting. Yeah. I drew her. She became someone. And then I was like, mm, 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 mm. it was yeah. too defined. It, yeah. um, she became someone. It's amazing when like, you know, the idea of, you know, mask, we become someone with the features on our face and the mannerisms. And it's amazing how yeah. even a painting, like how you paint the eyes can affect the whole feel, right? That's why the Mona Lisa is continually a subject of debate. It's like, what is she really thinking? You know, it's it's this this featureless girl then became someone that could do all the things because, you know, she didn't have to be defined. So yeah, there was definitely an introverted part of me that liked to hide behind that. And then also I love, I love the idea that art can bring hope and can Mm. bring people together. And that's, I think when we all come to the table, like I have, when I teach, I notice that, you know, it's all generations, all people in walks of life. Some people have been artists for 20 years. Some people have never picked up a paintbrush. And yet by the end, that entire table is friends. Mm-hmm. Um, they may totally. vote, they may vote differently. Mm-hmm. They will make different amounts of money. You know, they, everything is different about them, mm-hmm. but when they're at the table together, they're united in creating and it's Awesome. Absolutely. Um, and that's what Florence became, right? So I actually just drew Florence the other day. Um, I'd show it if we had a visual, but <laughs> she's this great gal where she's leaning back and she's going to be holding flowers. But I really like that now Florence has become this, she's not just arms and mm-hmm. a torso. Like when mm-hmm. I first started drawing her, I, um, I had absolutely no budget to spend yeah. on any clothes for myself. Yeah. So I would see clothes in like a magazine and I would draw the clothes. And I was like, (laughs) shoot, if I can't wear it, Florence is going to wear it. (laughs) And girl, you look so good in that. (laughs) I was like, I don't have that long of forearms. I don't look like a model, but shoot, I'm going to draw it. Um, But that's right. Yeah, that was the beginning. Like those were the first, like, I'd be like, oh, I really like that style. I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to draw, mm, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so now though, she's become, I've definitely moved to drawing her whole body. And often she's with friends and her body isn't always long and perfect. In fact, it's, it's much more human and yeah. therefore relatable. Totally. And I love that. And oh my gosh, um, yes. Yeah. I, the new book that's coming out this spring, I'm really excited. I've never added um, skin tones to Florence. Yes. The new book 
is all how to mix different skin tones. Yes. So she's all over the new book and people are going to be able to learn how to mix and match and make Florence into their friends or to who they are and further define her and make her more unique to them. And then, you know, you can turn the page and paint her a different color the next time. So yeah. I'm excited. That's, that's like, that's therapy. That yeah. is, um, it's, she is a movement because she speaks to all body types, all skin colors. I mean, even just thinking about, we, we, we all have, nobody is perfect. We have scars and all sorts of stuff that are our badges of honor that we get to carry with us, which act as sort of like an in, in into our story. We get to tell these stories from what we wear. Right. And she gets to be that for yeah. people, you know, right. Even as far as like, you know, when she had a sleeve of tattoos, like yeah. those all tell stories, you know? So it's so right. it's, I love that. I'm excited for that third book. Thanks. That's yeah. really exciting. Um, I'm really excited. Yeah. And I actually I wanna... just, um, I just recently did, um, I thought Jake will probably like this cause we'll have to do this for him. Um, but I just made my first plant papa. So it's Florence's counterpart. Oh, it's my, my first gosh. male that I've drawn. Oh, my word. And it was an old uh, neighbor, a dear, dear friend. They moved, um, but she contacted me for her son. And so I knew Garrett when he was like yeah. six. Oh, my and word. Now he's a grown man and he likes oh, elephants. And so we did a sweater with an elephant on it and he's holding elephant ear plants. And so I'm really excited to explore oh, like my word. more, right? More figures, more shapes, yes. more ideas. And that, um, you know, it's not just every girl anymore. So, okay. That's so crazy. I want to ask a question as you're, as you're sketching and as you're drawing this, do you have, cause I don't know, how can you create that person without seeing the face? No one ever sees the face. So yeah. in your mind, do you see a face that's just hidden behind something in order to create the whole person that you're drawing, what inspires you as you're drawing the body figure, not the thing that they're holding? Do you see that person or like? Yeah, no, I think it's both. So when it's a commission, like this plant yeah. papa, I had right. several photos of him. So uh -huh. like I kind of create a mood board. That's usually when I have a commission, like I'll run it past the client and be like, hey, like, is this like the right color tones? How about right. this shape, you know? Um, so I definitely had pictures of his face in front of me. Okay, yeah. Which definitely, you know, they dictate how a body moves, <laughs> right? right? It's mm -hmm. part of who you are. But my, a lot of my Florences, I don't actually see their face when yeah. I create. And it's yeah. interesting because I definitely, I see creating as kind of a dance. It's a, it's a relationship between the artist and the tools. Mm -hmm. And you make a move. And actually my heels are often bruised because I'm always stepping back to see what that move that I just made on the paper, what that then communicates back to me. Mm -hmm. And so it's a dance. So I'm constantly stepping back going, okay, it's your turn. What are you saying? And then I go back to make the next move. So it, it's definitely like it, it, the process almost informs itself mm -hmm. when I'm creating. Um, yeah. And if something starts to turn the wrong way, that's when the eraser comes or that's when I'm like, no, 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 this is going the wrong way. Like uh, Florence, I just did. I actually ended up losing it. I have no idea. I never lose originals, but it's gone. <laughs> so I'm, and, and it wasn't incredibly, it wasn't hitting what I wanted it to hit. So I started over and that's kind of actually, that's kind of my theme for this next year is like, if it's not right the first time I'm going to do it again. So. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's amazing. Well, since you mentioned 
Instagram and, and the ever cumbersome brainstorming long hour long brainstorming session. Maybe you don't have this, but I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I going to write about? Ah, now I feel the time crunch. Ah. Um, and sometimes you just want to write, hi, the end, right? Like it's like, oh my word, why am I overthinking this? Just, and yeah. I was talking with, I had a conversation with, um, Kanisha bikes from restoration house. And then I was sharing how great. it's just like, normally it's literally what we're thinking at that very moment. It's never planned out. Like it's, it's like a journal. Mm-hmm. If you want to know our lives, read our Instagram posts, because I'm not trying to like have these beautiful words. I'm literally just probably saying what I've been processing that week or whatever. But I wanted to ask you something because in a lot of your posts, you start off with beautiful quotes or poems or or inspirations from authors and poets. And I know that one of your favorite authors is Madeline Langle. And um, I wanted to kind of ask you a little bit of what connects you to her. What do you love about her? Because I also know that you, <laughs> I'm going to be try and be nice. Yeah, but we don't know you're, you're about fine. sci-fi. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> For the audience out there, I, <laughs> sci-fi weirds me out. Okay. Anyone that has a pointy ear, I'm out. I'm out. Oh no, I have pointy ears. <laughs> Legit. I have no. elf ears in real life, baby. Oh, I don't freak you out. Yeah, okay. Amy, I love, <laughs> I, I will never forget that Marco Polo. We were communicating <laughs> and going back and forth. You, me, and Ellen. And finally, you're like, Sarah, what are you wearing? <laughs> and I'm like, the shirt for the dark crystal. And Amy was yeah. like, what? is this nonsense <laughs> yes. you were, I was like, it's Jim Henson puppets. And she's totally. like, and why are you watching that? I'm like, Oh my God. My lifeblood, baby. I love you, the dark crystal. Yeah. You and Jake, both Jake's always up watching some like wackadoo thing. And I make it for probably about <laughs> 10 minutes of it. And then I'm like, as soon as like, he's watching, Oh, what is he watching right now? Oh, I'd I probably love remember. it. You, you absolutely would love it. I mean, people are blue and it's like, they've got three eyes. It's just like, it's Fun. cuckoo cuckoo. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm usually like, and I'm out. Enjoy your show. <laughs> That's amazing. 10 minutes and I'm good. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, That's but amazing. I know, um, this is not really sci-fi, but she, uh, she writes a lot of books, which are, are fiction, science, mm-hmm. you know, Christianity and that kind of thing. She melds those worlds together and speaks a lot to that. I'd love to just hear a little bit more on what you love about her. And, um, cause I, I do know I've heard you speak just love language about her. Yeah. So maybe share yeah. a little bit more about really yeah. what connects you to her. Yeah. No, Madeline Langle is one of those, um, authors that I think I'll return to again and again and again, my whole life. Um, I, when I was in middle school, I had to read the wrinkle in time trilogy yeah. and series and, um, I always remember walking away feeling like, yes, mm-hmm. when the love at the end of the book is what breaks all of the binds that were painful. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That made sense to me, even at such a young age. Um, and you and I both know, as uh, you know, much of our friend group, we all went through kind of um, uh, an interesting shattering of faith and right. um, and. Yeah. 
a lot of people struggled and floundered. And I still, to this day, um, struggle a bit with the idea of church, but I know Jesus loves his bride and community is so crucial, which we've all seen this year. Um, but Madeline Lango was actually a really big part in wooing my heart back to a softness. Mm. I think that when I'm in, um, when I'm wounded, I kind of, I back off, I close off and I, I get kind of, um, just kind of sharp. I get sharp. Mm-hmm. I think that's the best way to describe it is just a sharpness. And Madeline Langle's words about Jesus, I know he used them to woo my heart back to him and to soften all of my hard edges. Mm-hmm. So Walking on Water was the first one I read. And I can't even remember how I found it. Um, I actually, I think I was reading A Wrinkle in Time again. I returned to it because I was like, I have to read this again. I kind of returned like I read 1984 again, um, A Brave New World. I kind of went like back through middle school and like, yeah. why did I have to read The Scarlet Letter? And I'm like, yeah. oh, I yeah. totally get yeah. this now. Yeah. Um, but A Wrinkle in Time was another one of those, you know, it's like, you know, you could read it in a few nights now. And there was a sweetness to it that I hadn't felt in a long time. And so walking on water was, I think it probably came up suggested next. And I was like, what? She writes books for adults. Yeah. And I started reading it and you know me, I'm not a crier. Um, I, I, I feel like sometimes emotions, like it's too much for me. It's too exhausting. And I just don't even want to go there. So I shut it down and walk away. But for her, it was like, I just got in the bath and just, you know, blubbered and read every page Mm. and then told everyone about it. So, um, she also has the Genesis trilogy where she walks through the old Testament and just relates these biblical figures, these people in our lives that we've heard about, like, you know, Noah and Jacob and, weaves in science and the fact that as Christians, we shouldn't be threatened by scientific discoveries. If anything, they should lead us to more praise for our creator and mm-hmm. this joy that God is not able to be put into a box. Yeah. That he's a God that's much bigger than we can yeah. fathom. And thank God for that. Right. Yeah. Um, she challenges me intellectually. She challenges me spiritually and she invites me back into relationship with God. So my husband and I, we recently went on an RV trip, uh, you know, quarantine approved. Yeah. Um, and there's lots to be said about that. And (laughs) best trip ever. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm really happy we did it. I am not an RV person. Uh, I'll just say that, but we were able to listen to, um, her book together on audible. Oh, cool. Yeah. It was the first time, like I've, I've shoved books at my husband, but Mm -hmm. he like, I'll read a page and I'll be like, yeah, yeah, that's nice, dear. Um, but we listened and it was awesome. The conversation Mm. came out of it. It was just so dynamic and it was really good. He, she just, so um, cool. Yeah. I strive to be worthy. I feel like, um, I'm trying to gather tidbits that's interesting that are interesting about me so that one day, you know, when I meet her in heaven, I actually will have something to contribute to a conversation rather than just yeah. sitting there like, you know, fangirling her. So well, she writes, right? Like the way she writes, she blurs, oh. she blurs real life with fiction. Mm-hmm. And that's like, that's your that. Florence. That that is, oh my gosh. No, Maybe like, she'll like Florence. Yes. <laughs> she you're blurring. The lines between real life and fiction with Florence. I know. Yeah. I think creating every day connection. Yeah, Yeah. we will. I think creating every day actually. And I, um, 
Yeah, I'm reading another wonderful sci-fi fantasy right now trilogy that I'm sure you would be so into. Uh, but yes, <laughs> I do think, send the recommendation yeah. to me. <laughs> <laughs> but I do feel like um, almost living in that world of part fiction and part story is yeah. what I, uh, Colin has commented on it many times. He's like, I think you are able to live in this world where you can escape both yeah. with painting and with the stories you read. Totally. And it has made this whole quarantine thing pretty manageable for you. And I was like, that's kind of yeah. how I did my childhood. Like I just, yeah. I lived in books and yeah. story, right? Yeah. So, yeah. That's awesome. Ah, I love that. It's, it's a plug for fantasy, Amy. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get there. You know, I'll get there someday. Someday, someday I'll get there. Okay. Well, first of all, we had literally so many questions that came in. It's not surprise. It's not a surprise. People want to know about you. Um, but also I wasn't willing to relinquish any of my questions. So I was like, Oh crap, Sarah, how are we going to do this? And so what we decided is we're going to do a, a makers hang chat, which will be a live Instagram session. So for this, I'm going to get to some of the questions that came in, but then we're also going to dive into a lot of the questions that, you know, we'll take care of a lot of those in that other live chat. So anyone who is listening and doesn't hear their question, don't be concerned. We got you. Yeah. And give okay. us more. Give us more. And give us more. IG chat. Yeah. Absolutely. Give us more. Okay. So I'm going to ask some of the questions. This came in actually. It is, I actually kind of want to make it into a two-part question and I don't want to run too long. The question is, and this is from someone who owns a, a well-known uh, business, has written a book. Um, how do you decide where to put your time for things like workshops, books, marketing, that kind of thing. And so that's the, that's the first part. The second part is you have a heart for work. You love to work and you have a lot of ambition and which I think is such an amazing gift to, to love that. But also I know that that comes with struggle in uh, how do we make all things work with a family and with, I know that you absolutely value family time and, and time with your girls and with Colin and in your home and outside of your home. And so let's talk about the portion of workshops, book marketing, but then I'd love to know how you time manage the the ambition with the family side from a place of really loving work, which, you know, I think is yeah, a good place to be. Yeah. Yeah. That's a so, great okay. question. So first practical, right? Yeah. Um, oh, time management is, I think it's a constant um, battle. I think we mentioned this. I don't know if we were recording yet, but we were talking mm-hmm. about how time is the most coveted thing, especially mm-hmm. in a first world society where you can buy everything, you know, especially totally. with, you know, Amazon making everything so incredibly available. Time is the only thing you can't buy more of, um, right. no matter who you are. Yep. So it's interesting. I actually had this conversation with my publisher about a year or two ago when they had a, a new baby. And he's like, you know, I really try to sign off at five every night, da, da, da. And I'm, I started thinking about it. And for me, I, um, when I had a, you know, a nine to five job, I tried to stay within those bounds, but as a creative, I actually struggle very much with finding a schedule that works. Yeah. And I've started to realize too, after having kids and seeing that life comes in seasons, Mm -hmm. 
I've been trying ever since then to kind of realize that time is precious. Every day counts and that, um, it doesn't have to be traditional to work. Yeah. So, right. So, uh, drives my husband nuts, but Mm -hmm. totally I lay in bed in the morning and I answer my Instagram messages. Mm -hmm. Um, I try to start the day with like a Bible study or like I read, um, the morning and evening by Spurgeon. And then I open up my phone and I deal with like urgent things. I have a a note, I have notes on my computer, which sync to my phone and that's my daily to-do list. Um, and then, you know, I, I have it all done written out and then I, so I know how I'm going to start the next day. So I kind of try to budget myself traditionally in that way. But Mm -hmm. as far as hours go, it's not traditional. Um, Mm -hmm. there's days where, um, I'll work till eight. There's days where I don't start work till four. Mm -hmm. Um, I have to make sure that I budget time in with my five-year-old Savannah to play American girl dolls mm-hmm. because I know by the time she's nine, she's not going to want to yeah. go to prom with Felicity mm-hmm. with me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm like, this is so fun. <laughs> but seeing her is fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, every day is different. Uh, the, my family has to come first. Um, but I also know that I'm a better human when I make time for myself. Yeah. And, you know, we know that eating healthy is good for us. We know that exercising is good for us, two of which I <laughs> fail regularly trying to mm-hmm. do. But th- another thing that's very important for me is checking things off and feeling like I've achieved and I've created. So knowing that I have a few things I need to accomplish and letting myself go, okay, my, my worth is not defined. I have to constantly remind myself, my worth is not defined on what I am achieving or accomplishing today, but I do like my hands to be busy. And I do believe I was created to have like God wouldn't have given me these desires to want to create or to knock things out if it wasn't for his glory. So mm-hmm. there's a desire in there that I have to fulfill, but then I have to balance. And so some mm-hmm. days I do it well. And some days I do it absolute crap poor. And, mm-hmm. um, I hear about it from my family. Mm-hmm. They let me know that, you know, Hey, you weren't around enough or you were in your studio too long. And, but you know, then there's other days like last night, it was eight o'clock and the girls were having a dance party down here and I was labeling photos and editing videos and we exist together and among one another and we just learned to make it work. So that's kind of answering it the same two part in one because it's hard to separate family (laughs) and to-do lists, especially in COVID. Like I don't have six hours of school time when the kids are gone. Um, you know, my season will look very different next year, but this Mm -hmm. season right now is you fit it in when you can. And like Monday morning, it was crazy. I woke up and I was five and I was like, I'm awake. I'm going to go and open up my emails. And for some reason, my emails had not been syncing. And so (laughs) I was like, weird. Like last week I was like, gosh, it's kind of quiet. I was like, you know, I, I was kind of expecting a few emails to come back yeah. and they didn't. I was like, it's the holidays. Like, yeah. good for them. And Everyone on my, vacation early. Yeah. I'm like, wow, cool. Okay. So then Monday morning, I sync my emails and there's 205 emails. And I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, that's where they were. They And I don't know why it didn't sync. So it's yeah. just bizarre. So I was like, well, I'm up at five. There we go. Let's Here just we go. do this. Yeah. There we go. Totally. I mean, that is 
That is exactly, exactly it. I started work yesterday at four. Yeah. I mean, it's, it just was like, you got to fit it in when you can. It's also, it's interesting because I was talking to um, Lauren from Lark Rising about this and she's like, I'm a night owl, but I also am like up until two or three in the morning because I start work later on in the evening because my days are like, I, yeah. I do kids and and that kind of thing. And this last, I was trying to get um, one of the episodes of the podcast out. And so I was up until like midnight, one o'clock in the morning because that's how it fits. But then- I was like, okay, if I just do a couple of late, late nights, once we, you know, then I'm going to take three days off or whatever. And I'm not even going to touch it. I'm just going to, so it's, it's a, it's not conventional, right? It's, it's so different. And you, and as a creative, you, some people have work, you know, different work shifts, like swing shift graveyard, like they work odd hours, they have Mm -hmm. kids, you know, whatever your, um, your rhythm of life is. You have to be able to be liquid and fluid in that. And yeah, it's the only way to, it's the only way to be productive in a world where there's so many demands on you. Um, like it's also very conducive to a creative cycle. So it, it allows me to give myself permission if I'm in a low of my creative cycle and I'm having those lies coming at me that are Mm -hmm. saying, you actually aren't a painter. You aren't any good. You yeah. should just give up now. It's mm-hmm. the well is dry. Right. Then those are the days where I'm like, screw you. I'm going to go play American Girl Dolls. So, right. you know, yeah. and it allows me to give myself that permission. And then, you know, it, it allowed me to go on that RV trip. I was like, mm-hmm. I am not going to be able to create with my hands for a week. But it was amazing when I allowed myself to have a low in creativity. The return mm-hmm. was like, I mean, I was up till two in the morning painting. Yes. Living my best life because I had stored up that, you know, creative. So it's cool. I mean, it's, it's chaotic, but, um, I think I, I cannot be idle. I just, um, I start to, I I think that that's probably, yeah, I twitch. I do. I'm like, (laughs) I had to do something with my hand. I actually brought like crafters box with me on the RV because, um, my friend, uh, Samantha Hemleva. Oh yeah. 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 yeah, Yeah. I did her. Yeah. Hemleys. And so yeah. I was like polishing brass and cutting brass as oh I'm sitting goodness. in the RV, like shining my phone flashlight to see where to like connect the brass. And it was hysterical. And I was like, can't you just sit and look? And I was like, nope, got to be doing something <laughs> with my hands. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's so <laughs> funny. Oh, yeah. Hey, yeah, I, I relate. I relate. Yep. Okay. And then, well, I mean, just you know, I, I've said this to you before, but how business savvy you are, which I don't know, did that, that did not surprise you because it doesn't surprise me. Although it was like, you were using all of these, I mean, cause you were in a corporate world at a tech company before, but it's interesting how you, you take those skills and then you kind of morph it, but now you're doing it for your own thing, a different yeah. dynamic, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so just as, you know, in this question where I was talking about like workshops and marketing and all of the different buckets that you have to do in order to keep your business growing and to wherever you want it to be, right? Like just even like practically, how do you, do you spend more time on marketing? Your social is part of that. Right. Um, You had to put together your own book launch 
Yeah. You know, all your spots <laughs> on your book launch. I mean, that's I pulling in all of these different skills that you've had. So, you know, and, and cool. also just knowing how many you have to decide how many workshops am I going to do? Who am I collaborating with? Like all of those mm-hmm. things, how much, t- how much of your business time is spent creating versus balancing the books and the marketing and the blah, blah, blahs. Yeah. So I would say I probably, I probably spend too much time on the business side because <clears throat> in this world you have to, like, I probably should have someone managing that for me so I could paint yeah. more and enjoy more, but I just don't make enough money to hire yeah. someone to do that, to be mm-hmm. totally frank. But yeah, when I was at the big tech firm, I mean, an average of 200 emails was every day. So I, I learned, you know, ways to cope and to put things in folders and to, you yeah. know, to not, to not be ruled by the, the tyranny of the urgent. I think if we're always answering the screaming call, we never, ever, ever grow. We're yeah. always just reactionary. Mm-hmm. And so there's times like I was getting to the point where it was all, it was all red blinking in about September, October when no one went back to school and holy crap, I took on too much. I did not realize this. I ramped up like a normal year and realized I don't have the capacity to actually ramp at this when I have kids at home. Um, So uh, I scaled way back and just had to say no to a lot of things, which it like inside dies a little bit when I have to say Mm -hmm. no. But what I realized is no doesn't mean no forever. It just means not right now. And that's what I told people. I was like, I am overwhelmed and you won't get the best Sarah if we do Mm -hmm. this now. Let's, let's revisit in a few months. So I think building that time in for me, especially as a creative, because I know if I'm spending all of my time answering emails, all of my time taping up Etsy orders, like I'm not painting. So like I try to do Etsy orders once a week, do all the taping and everything. Or, and if I'm overwhelmed, I shut my shop down. I just close it. I just close it and that's okay. But yeah, I would like to spend more time painting. But then again, like I said, that time in the RV of saying, I can't paint right now, almost stores it up. And then Mm -hmm. it's just a waterfall when I can finally Mm -hmm. do it. So Mm -hmm. I I mean, probably 80% business, 20% painting. Um, And I would like it to be reversed. But then again, you know, creatives, like you shouldn't pump yourself for work. Right. A flower is not blooming every day all year mm-hmm. long. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you expect that kind of stuff from yourself, you're just going to um, exhaust yourself and yeah. not create your best work. So allow yeah. yourself to be cyclical and realize, you know, same with, um, you know, classes, like deciding how many, like mm-hmm. I only will do two a month. I yeah. don't, um, I've done more and it's taken a toll on my family. It's exhausting. Mm-hmm. I need like a mm-hmm. good day or two after a class mm-hmm. to just be, mm-hmm. we've talked about this, to yeah. just be like, yeah. I am bone tired. Everything right. is tired. You need the next day where you're literally dead to the world. Yep. The adrenaline yep. has officially dropped. Yep. Yep. It's exactly, <laughs> you just, and you yeah. need to live in that space. Yeah. In yep. order to recharge. Yep. So, so important. Yep. Yeah. So important. Mm-hmm. But then you also are creating scarcity, which is yeah. a business savvy way to do it. Like if you make yourself yeah. so available, anyone can sign up whenever they want, then, then right. there's no desire. Like I just had yep. this journal run with um, Archer and Olive. They're yeah. beautiful journals. And mm-hmm. I warned them people. Yeah. I was like, these go fast. Bonnie's journals go very fast. So if you want yes. one and they were gone. Yeah. 
And people yeah. were, I've gotten so many DMs and she never restocks. So they're just, yeah. And it's like, that. there is something. Limited. Yes. Yes. There's something mm-hmm. to that. Same as time. It's, we just cannot fathom it in our brains in this world. Mm-hmm. So there's mm-hmm. something a little bit precious about that. And so um, I like that when it comes to creating too. Yeah. I wholeheartedly, I totally agree. I mean, it's why in some part, well, there's many many reasons why we have the capacity that we do for social creatives. It makes it special. Yeah. Like when it's limited, it really makes it special. You don't want to miss because, well, first of all, all of ours are uh, unique. Each one is a unique yep. experience. You will never have the same one. So no, when I say sign up, like get in, please get in. Cause this yeah. is going to be amazing. And this is the only one that we're going to have like this. Yeah. It's a, you know, it's limited because we want it to be so special. It's um, intimate. There's something. Yeah. 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 It's that scarcity but, you know, just, idea. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's um, just more, it's like Christmas is one day a year. Totally. It, it has to be scarce to be yeah. special. Um, I love also just the thing that you said about when you're turning something down, as we talked about just how crucial time is so valuable and it's not, I can't do it with you. I, I can't, I, you're turning it down. Like I can't do it now, maybe later, but not now. I think it's funny because as a, as a small business, I think there's so many people who are often, or maybe not shocked by this, but the idea that you do it all. You do it all. You have your hands on all the parts, which is why a lot, you kind of have to carve out all your time. But yeah, I just, I love that. I can't do it with you. That is, there is a reason why you have to say not right now. Like I just don't okay. have the time space. It's not you. It's not you. Yeah. It's me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and everyone's just been so graceful <laughs> about it and amazing. Totally. And I think everyone just, um, I'm hoping that this attitude continues as the world doesn't return to the before times that there's a new time that's created. I'm really hoping that we can continue to be more graceful and continue to be intentional about time because I feel like that's what we've had to be. And I miss people so much. And I never thought I'd say that the introvert in me yeah. is like, what, who are you? But um, I miss just that interaction and that specialness, but I'm like, we really have to work hard um, in the future to make sure yeah. that we're intentional about our time because we're going to pack it all up again if we're not careful. Totally. Okay, two quick, easy, fast questions as we wrap up. So one of them is going to be, you know, we always wrap up with a, a question from the mystery jar, which is questions that my children have written, a five-year-old, a seven-year-old, and an 11-year-old. But one of the questions that I pulled happened to be one of the same questions that was sent in by the audience. Oh. So- First, I'm going to get to another quick question, which I thought was really interesting. What music are you currently listening to while you paint? Oh, I love that question. I know. I literally just wrote an Instagram post about it last night. Like I said, the inspiration to write comments like does not happen immediately. But when it does, I'm sitting in the bath and I'm like, oh my God, that was was fun. So my music that I listen to, it's, it's funny. I... It changes all the time. So like when yeah. I tell A-L-E-X-A to play something, yeah. it's my favorite list. It goes from like Billie Eilish, Hall and Oates. Who else is on there lately? Oh, uh, gosh, the girls would know. I'm so bad at artist names. Yeah. But like, yeah. that's kind of like, I, I I go, like we'll go from classical Bach over to Billy, And it right. feels completely, completely okay with me. So yes. oh, <laughs> that's I what I listen that. to. That's a good that mix. Or silence. 
Yeah. That That's or silence. Yeah. <laughs> or silence yes. If I'm, if I'm doing a new piece or something I really have to focus on, there's, I need silence. But other yeah. than that, I'm jamming. Love that. Okay. So here is the, here's the mystery jar question and the question that got sent in. The question was, what is your biggest pet peeve? Or as my kids said, what is your pets, your pets peeve? <laughs> <laughs> That's so, amazing. Um, for the mystery question, you answer it and I will also answer it. So you go first. Okay. Well, ironically enough, we do have another lizard, Amy. Did you know that? Oh, gosh. Of course we have Okay. So lizard. what's your lizard's peeve? It's, uh, yeah. My pet's peeve is he's, <laughs> he doesn't like to be held and his, um, he's a bearded dragon and his beard turns black when you're, he's like, it's really dark in shadow and he's telling yeah. you, don't touch me. Yeah. So that's his peeve. Um, that's my pet's peeve. Um, gosh, there's so many. Oh, I have a shoe bin on like my front porch. Yeah. And my entire family puts their shoes around the shoe bin. And not in oh. the shoe bin. Oh, so, yeah. It's probably really hard to get those shoes. In they're the like, bin. I'm going to wear them yeah. again. I'm going to put them <laughs> back on. I'm like, you can get them in the bin so that yeah. I can walk. So that that's probably my biggest pet peeve is the oh, shoe bin. Drives oh me my goodness. bonkers. Oh my but yeah, random. Okay, What's yours? Mine, mine is, this happens to me literally all the time. So it's my biggest pet peeve. You know, when you're at a stoplight and the light turns green, it's the one to two seconds in between the light changing where someone decides to pepper me from behind with their horn. The light changes and then I am literally putting my foot from the brake to the gas and someone peppers me in those seconds in between. It is so entirely annoying. So annoying. So that's my pet peeve. And somehow it only ever happens to me, never to Jake or any other driver, but don't ever, if anyone is ever listening to this and is behind me, don't ever pepper me because I will come at you. You don't (laughs) want to know. That's amazing. That's so funny. Okay. Well, thank you, Sarah, so much. You know, I just love you. I really love you as a person. (laughs) And I love you as the artiste and friend. And thanks for giving your time. And um, I will chat with you again when uh, we have our live chat. So I hope people tune into that as well. That'll be really fun. Thanks so much for having me, Amy. These are fun questions. I They're unlike any of the other podcasts. So I think it's going to be really fun to listen and kind of see what people think. So I'm looking forward to our next chat. That'll be good. Awesome. Okay. Well, you go, you go on with yourself and you go plug into a sci-fi movie or something. (laughs) (laughs) You're awesome. I I think I'm going to do just that. All right. (laughs) My tie-dye with my beanie. Go watch your sci-fi. my goodness that was so good isn't she just a delight couldn't you literally just listen to her voice every night as you fell asleep I think I would actually fall asleep faster if I had her recording next to my pillow (laughs) anyways she needs to be like a voice coach or something anyways That was such a good conversation. I hope you came away getting to know a little bit more about Sarah Simon, the person. She's an incredible inspiration as an artist, but also as a human. 
And I just want to do more of this, sharing stories about the incredible women that we hear about, because we're always so much more than just the brand or the handle on Instagram. If you want to follow more of Sarah's journey or see any one of her number of classes that she has coming up, go to her website at themintgardener.com or check her out on her Instagram handle at themintgardener. Also, don't forget, you can pre-order her book on Amazon. It's coming out in April. And oh my word, from what she said, I'm pretty sure this is going to be one everyone should own. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget about the Makers Chat that we have coming up. It's going to be more questions that you asked. And also, if you have more questions, jump on the live chat It's going to be on my IGTV, on Instagram, at Social Creative Workshops. If you're not a part of the Social Creative community, can I encourage you? I would love to have you be a part of it. Be a part of the voice. Be a part of the experiences that we have and the encouragement we get to share with each other. There's going to be lots more fun coming So if you're not on the Social Creative Workshops newsletter, I really encourage you to sign up. Or would you subscribe to this podcast so that when we have new episodes, you can continue to enjoy the conversations that we have with the amazing women we find. Until next time, thanks for being a part of the conversation.